Well, dear church family, this evening as we continue with our Bible study series on the evils of feminism, on the evils of feminism. It's a, it's a difficult one to preach on, isn't it, in this day and, and, and era, and I, I am really, and I really do mean this, that I am really a not confrontational person. <laughs> I try to avoid confrontation at all costs, but the Word of God really confronts us in, in this respect, and I just feel urged to preach on this particular subject, which I just feel has infiltrated the Church of Jesus Christ so much. And so, we carry on with this Bible study series on the evils of feminism. So far, we've looked at the beginnings of the feministic movement, the, the history of the feministic movement, and the, and the waves thereof. And uh, last time, we looked at the particulars, uh, which was uh, our first study on birth control, which, which we know was very much led by the feministic movement. This evening we'll be considering feminism's um, very bad influence on how we educate our children nowadays. Feminism's bad influence on how we educate our children nowadays. And as we considered last time, our feministic culture really is hell-bent on stopping life, stopping children and babies from having life with, of course, abortion, and as we've learned very clearly from birth control, if this were not enough, generations of children have been and are being shaped and moulded <coughs> according to the public school system. And what, what is the doctrine, however, which they are learning in the public school system? What's this doctrine that they are learning? And what are we as Christians, Bible-believing Christians, supposed to do about it? Well, that's what I'll be talking about this evening. And so, to begin with, let us turn to the Word of God, um, to your first reading, which will be in Deuteronomy 6, verses 4 through 7. That's Deuteronomy 6, verses 4 through 7 for our first reading. Verse 4 says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord, and thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, and with all thy soul, and with all thy might. And these words, which I command thee this day, shall be in thine heart. And thou, that is talking to the Christian, the Bible-believing Christian, and thou shalt teach them diligently, unto thy children, and shall talk of them when thou sittest in thine house, and when thou wakest, walkest sorry, by the way, and when thou liest down, and when thou risest up. So we see here very clearly, do we not, that the responsibility to bring children up in the the nurture and admonition of the Lord. The responsibility is clearly for Christian parents, is it not? And it would seem to me that this teaching, and not only teaching, but training, really, 
is something which is a constant thing, isn't it? It's, it's a daily const, constant thing. Let us also now turn to Proverbs, please. Proverbs 22 for our second reading. I'm just, just picking a few verses, really, uh, to support um, so to, to support my argument, as it were, uh, uh, which I'm trying to make for home education. Uh, Proverbs 22, 6. That's Proverbs 22, 6. It says, Proverbs 22, 6, Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. And we know from the full counsel of Scripture that it is very much the responsibility of parents and the church of Jesus Christ to shape and train up children. God has not um, given state, nowhere in the Scripture I find, uh, that God has allocated to the state to raise up Christian children. It has always been parents and the church's responsibility to train up children, as, as it were, to show them, as it were, the right way wherein they may uh, walk. And once again, if we can turn into Isaiah, Isaiah 54, 13, please, of God's Word. Isaiah 54, 13. <coughs> Isaiah 54.13 says, And all thy children shall be taught of the Lord, and great shall be the peace of thy children. All thy children shall be taught of the Lord, and great shall be the peace of thy children. It is uh, a great responsibility, isn't, is it not, for Christians to raise their children up in God's ways. Parents and anyone really in, in that responsibility, then we are custodians, aren't we? And stewards of these precious souls that we have. And we must take this responsibility very seriously. It, it is as it were, they're on loan to us, <laughs> as it were, these great blessings. And it is our responsibility to nurture their souls, as it were, these, these souls that will last forever. And finally, our, our, our fourth and final passage, Ephesians, a very well-known one, of course. Ephesians uh, 6, uh, 6, 4. And ye fathers, provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. Of course, nurture is that, really, that word to love your children. You can, you, can, you can never teach a child if you do not truly really love that child's soul and care for that child's soul. Children will not listen to an overbearing uh, father that exacerbates their children. And I've, I've had to learn, really. Um, and so you have to love. Love must come first. And then training. And of course, it's, it's again, the parent's responsibility, is it not? Well, dear brethren, before we start, let me just say this, that I was brought up in the public school system in both South Africa and, for a time, in the UK. And my wife, indeed, was brought up in the public school system in America. 
And so, between my wife and I, our public schooling education has spanned three continents. So I don't speak with one that <laughs> has not experienced these things. I've experienced public education in South Africa, and in England, in Plymouth, and uh, my wife in America. And between us, we've spoken about these things very much. And so I don't, we don't, I don't speak as one of ignorance here, yeah? I speak of one who's experienced these things. And I can honestly say that I think nowadays the public school system has got far, far worse than what it was in our days, just by speaking to people and seeing for ourselves uh, what is happening. And so I also just want to say as well, that once again, it is not my intention, it is my absolute not intention to label anyone with guilt, especially people who are perhaps tuning in to this particular study. That's not my intention at all. At, at all. It is my intention, my absolute intention. Also, can I just say, I know parents face so many pressures nowadays, and so many difficult decisions nowadays, and, and so I, I completely understand this. But it is my intention, however, to call Christian parents for an exodus, basically, for whatever it costs, really, for an exodus out of the public schools to homeschool their children. And it may cost a lot. I mean, it may cost many things, but I believe the more and more Christian parents that do this, the more we Christians can support each other and actually build up a community of like-minded believers that actually say, we're, not, we're going to do things differently for a change. And I do believe more and more, actually, parents are starting to think this way. As, as things are getting worse and worse. And I just hope and pray, if I can just convince one parent, one parent, to pull their children out of the, 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 the public school system and to teach them at home, I, I would have done my, my, my job. I'll just, I'll just praise the Lord. I can just convince one family to pull them out and to bring them up at home. That, 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 would, bring me so much, that would bring me so much joy. And so, friends, it says, does it not, in Proverbs 9, 10, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the holy is understanding. The fear, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the holy is understanding. You're not going to learn. You're not going to learn of the fear of the Lord in the public school system, are you? Mm. It's just not going to happen. And the knowledge of, of the holy is understanding. You're not going to do that. Because teaching is not only learning uh, the scriptures and principles uh, in education, it's also training. Mm. Let me teach you and I'll show you how, how it's done. It's training uh, uh, one's children and as we previously learned during our overview sessions on feminism, that during the Enlightenment period, men like Jean-Jacques Rousseau, some may know of this particular man, he hugely influenced feminists on anti-Christian ideals and ideas, along with the Unitarians, who all pushed, along with a man called, and some may know of this man, called Horace, Horace, I thought pronouncing that right, Horace Mann, for a Prussian-styled, centralised, state-funded school system. That's what they pushed for. 
And this school system had very, very little to do with biblical Christianity. It had much more to do with the Industrial Revolution's push for obedient workers. That's what they wanted it for. And of course, as we know, I'm not gonna, I don't want to go into it in too much detail, but Karl Marx's Communist Manifesto. Of course, feminists really loved this, and they pushed for this, because if children can be taken care of uh, by state education, public education, this, of course, would leave them to really, as we, we spoke about before, to detach themselves from the family units. And, of course, we've already spoken about to be sexually liberated, financially independent, and the gates, as it were, open up. Uh, but an honest and discerning look at the history of the public educational system will conclude that its objective was to replace the family and the church as the most influential institution in our culture. And I believe, I believe they succeeded in that. Mm. Um, and you can see this very much so. So let me just say that again. An honest and discerning look at the, the history of the public educational system will conclude, this is from a Christian perspective, that its objective was to replace the family and the church as the most influential institution in our culture. And I believe, by and large, they've achieved that, that aim. Joseph Stalin, um, the, the terrible dictator who killed millions, said, the hand that rocks the cradle is the hand that rules the world. And he wrote that poem, did he, did he not? And how true that is. He knew where the power was. If I can get hold of the children's minds and work on their minds uh, and indoctrinate them, and, and uh, if I can get hold of their minds, as it were, well, that's going to rule the world, as, as, as it were. He knew exactly what he was doing, didn't he? Didn't he? But I, I must be balanced. There were men, and my personal political hero, a man called Lord Shaftesbury, a godly a godly man, but I've got a book at home if anyone wants to read about a man called Lord Charlesbury. He did so much good. It's just unbelievable how much good one Christian man can do. And his heart, along with others of his day, was moved by the Lord to open up what they called ragged schools, which were really for the poorest children in society. They were street children, really. And this was around the 1870s. And uh, he, his intent really was for helping the, the poorest children in society, along with other people, and to give them a Christian education so that they could understand their maker and that they could ultimately understand the Lord and have a biblical outlook in life. That, that's what was their aim. However, Mr. Lord Shaftesbury was concerned that such a common school a ragged school would one day turn into a vehicle that would bring, which would propagate much evil. There was, he did have that concern. And I'm, I'm afraid to say his concern actually became, has become a reality now. Over time, the public education system has become more secular. G. Stanley Hall applied Darwin's theory of evolution in 1889, so not long after that, mm. uh, to the development of children. 
Soon came age-segregated classes and evolutionary ideas implemented into the school system. Just think about that for a minute. Let's separate children into age groups, 10-year-olds or 10-year-olds, 12-year-olds and 12-year-olds. Separate them into age groups. What will, what will a 10-year-old child learn from another 10-year-old child? Mm. Nothing. That's why you see in the Bible, you don't see any of this in the Bible, do you? you we, the Bible always encourages children to listen to their elders, listen to the hoary heads, as it were, to, to gain that experience. Now this is really, really what I'd like for us to cultivate in our church. Children speaking to their elders. You know, some churches you go to, you just see children gathered into a corner, you know, speaking about TV games and you know, having the, the huddle. And that's, you know, we should cultivate really our children talking to adults and, uh, and families. And, and that's really what the Bible says and, and, and encourages men like, of course, Sigmund Freud, who, who invented psychology, and another man called John Dowie, really pushed for religion to be pushed aside in favour of reason and, of course, science. And thank thankfully, there were a few notable Christian men, really, who did speak out at the end of the 19th century. Remember, this was at the end of the 19th century. There were men who could see what was going to happen, who were, who were, who were, who were crying from the pulpit and actually putting defence even then. One such noble Christian man was a man called Robert Al Dabney. He was a Presbyterian pastor and he was a theologian as well. He said, this is at the end of the 19th century, about the public educational system, he said that any training which attempts to be non-Christian is therefore anti-Christian. To train a soul away from God is robbery from God. He has not indeed committed to the state duty of leading souls to him, that is to God. This is committed to the family and his church. He was thinking biblically, wasn't he there? This is the family's responsibility. This is the church's responsibility. This is not the state's responsibility. He also said the education of children for God is the most important business done on the earth. Another notable man, a man called A. A. Hodge, uh, many of you will know of him, president of Princeton Seminary, he spoke out also against public education. He said public education is anti-Christ. It is the canticle arm of a godless government, an idolatrous institution and aggressively hostile to your faith. Its intention is to purge the knowledge of Christ and Christianity from the minds of children and owe them for the God-called state. Mr. Hodge also said, a comprehensive and centralized system of national education, now separated from religion, as now commonly proposed, will prove the most appalling engineering for the propagation of anti-Christian and atheistic unbelief which the sin-rent world has ever seen. How prophetic were those words. How right he was about that. And oh, that more believers would have taken heed to such warnings of these men. 
Friends, God has made parents the custodians and stewards of our children's souls. Public education is, and especially nowadays, is stealing our children's hearts from their parents, from their parents' authority, and more importantly, from the absolutes of Holy Scripture. Whose service will our children be trained to serve in? What type of counsel will our children be receiving in the public school system? Will it be a godly counsel? Will it be a godly example? Psalm 1, as we mentioned a few Bible studies back, says, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. If this is true of adults, surely, of Christian adults, surely it's true of our children as well. We are instructed to avoid the way of sinners. And we, of course, as a very much a church that embraces evangelism, which we should be doing, of course, we, we have compassion upon broken hearts and souls. We, we go out, we evangelize, we, we go, as it were, on the highways and byways. We want to show mercy and grace to poor sinners. We were lost, and so we do the same. Um, but we are instructed to avoid the way of sinners, aren't we? Uh, to to, to uh, the same decisions that we made prior to conversion, to avoid those, to those decisions which actually endanger souls, our souls. And what about our children? Children brought up in the public education system, and I can vouch for this, being myself, um, tend to develop an anti-authority mindset, and actually a very feministic mindset. Hence the continued push for the voting age to be pushed down and down and down. Have you noticed that? Why are the governments, and many governments, not just the UK, why do they keep on pushing for the voting age to be pushed further and further and further? I think it was once 21, now it's 18, now it's 16, and they're trying to push it even further. Why do they keep doing this? Because, because why? Because they own the hearts of these young children. They've got their allegiance, years and years of training in in uh, in, 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 in the government's ideology, you know, climate change, all these things. They're, because they want, if they if they allow fifteen-year-olds, fourteen-year-olds to vote, they're going to vote vote in favour of government policy, which is typically almost always anti-Christian. And we think about things like banning uh, correction, loving correction. And up in Scotland now, it's banned completely. You can be sent and, and, and prosecuted in the court if you lovingly discipline your child. Up in Scotland, that's banned. And so it's taking the authority away from the parents and giving it, as it were, to the state, as it were. Completely anti-Christian. And one of the main reasons why the Puritans left England was, of course, was for religious freedom, wasn't it? Especially with bringing their children up, uh, with the Bible being at the forefront of their understanding. The New England Primer, if anyone's ever read the New England Primer, uh, everything had a biblical principle to it, didn't it? A, B, C, D. A, in Adam's 
For we all, we all fall, don't we? Almost everything had a, a biblical principle and a, and a concept to it. And the founders of the USA were convinced, the Puritans, that in order for a people to be successful, they needed to be a virtuous people. A people who had character, spiritual character, grounded in the scriptures. And there is no way that you can have a virtuous society without training children in true, undefiled religion that's grounded in the Word of God. It, can, it cannot be done. And I suppose that is why we're seeing the West literally rot within. There's an imploding within, within the West for many years now. We're seeing it happening right before our eyes. Christian parents must play the leading role in the children's education and not outsource it to hostile actors. I say it very respectfully. Um, it seems to me that we Christians are using the same approach as our government has done for many years with its energy policy. And I say this very respectfully um, about our government. You think about our government's approach in the last 10, 15 years about energy policy, relying upon hostile actors like Russia and Iran or Saudi Arabia for gas and oil. And now look, look what's happened. These short-sighted policies, and everyone's paying for them, aren't they? Paying a, a far greater cost for them. But we Christians, it would seem, are doing exactly the same. We, the short-sighted, unbiblical approach that we're taking uh, in education, as, as it were, we're paying the cost for it now, aren't we? we? We really are. The traditional nuclear family is the cornerstone of a just society. And feminists, really, through the public educational system, are promoting relativism, abortion, birth control, sex before marriage, sexual liberation, sexual independence, financial independence, many other such evil. I'm not going to go into all, all of them. And Christian parents must understand that the public educational system daily, daily is undermining what they want their children to believe in. And it's, it's for the, the greater half of the day. It's when our children's minds are most alert. Mm. Then, then, you know, those are the best hours of the day, really. Not in the, you know, the evenings are good. We do family worship in the evenings. But the days, during the day, those are the best hours. To, to, you know, that's where the ch child's mind is like a sponge. And, uh, and for 12 years, roughly, in that system, and we were thinking, well, so these things are okay. Everyone's doing it. This cultural pragmatism. And it's just not biblical. And Christian parents must understand that, that whose values are being affirmed? Are they the absolutes from the Holy Scriptures, from the Bible? Or are they transgenderism, homosexuality, sex before marriage? Drugs, alcohol abuse, violence, TV games, horror movies, and I can mention a host of other evils, uh, 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 as it were, which are just being normalised and, and they're just being desensitised. And we're seeing this. Don't we see this in children nowadays? It's so sad, isn't it? You look, you see children, you see them. You know, I, my heart just goes out to them. I just see these poor children learning these things. I just 
It makes me want to weep. It really does. And these things are just being normalized. That's why I feel so passionate about the subject, because I, I, I just want Christians, whatever it costs, take your children out. You know, you, yes, you'll have less money, unless you, maybe you won't be able to afford such things, but your children's souls are online you. Whatever it costs, do it. And you know, I, I do believe that if we, as a, as a people, as true Christian people, if we do it, and, and, we, and we support each other in this, imagine what the blessing that the Lord will pour upon us. And not to follow it, as it were, with the nations of the world. Just do what they do. What says the Scriptures? 1 Corinthians 15.33 Be not deceived. Evil communications corrupt good manners. Be not deceived. Evil communications corrupt good manners. You see, I think the problem is that within the public educational system, because we can see our children every day, and they can come home and think they're alright. They come home and they've done these sports and they've done these things and think they're fine. But really, we don't actually see the coercion that's going on every day. Mm-hmm. And, and actually, what's happening to these very delicate minds, as it were. You know, I think I've mentioned this, but I'll mention it again. I was at, I was at work a number of months ago and I heard this drumbeat. And I hear the shouting coming out far from where I work. What's this noise? So I went, I went and looked out the window, and there's this band, as it were, led by teachers with primary school children, and they leave all these young little children down on High Street shouting uh, for climate change. We want it now. What do we want now? Climate change. Little children as it were, the God of the climate now, along with things like critical race theory, and many other such things. They, and many of these teachers, I'm sad to say, there are good ones, thankfully, in the system. There are some Christians, but by and large, many are people who are very hostile to the faith. I mean, they are incredibly hostile to the faith. I've met them before. And, friends, let me just say that my wife and I, over the years, you know, we have have undergone so much slander, you know, because of our convictions on the, on this, on homeschooling, on this. We we are our name. <laughs> I'm just I'm not going to. I don't I don't want pity or anything. I'm not trying to look for a well, how my wife says it, a pity party. <laughs> I'm, I'm not looking for that. But we have undergone so much slander. Because we have these convictions. And many people, a lot of people today won't even look at us, won't even speak to us because we hold to such convictions nowadays. And friends, when a child is sent into a public school system, uh, they are sent into a pagan society. And the word of God at large is almost outlawed now in the public school system. If you speak out for Christ, if you want to speak the word of God in its truth and its in its entirety, you're going to get in trouble. But every evil under the sun, I could see, is acceptable. You can have a shirt on with terrible, horrible things on it, as it were, and that's perfectly fine. I mean, that says it all, doesn't it? A James's uh, epistle comes to mind. You know, to keep one's unspotted. Some one's unspotted from the world. That, that's true under the religion. What about our children? What 
not only for children. And some have used the salt and light argument and say, well, if we send children, and if we send children as evangelists into the school system, you know, they can they can be salt and light within the school system. But but if we're sending our children into the public school system, um, you know, they go in believing and they come out unbelieving, it's not a biblical strategy, is it? <laughs> it's just it's, it's it's a flawed strategy. We are not losing our children, we're giving them away, aren't we? We're just giving them away. These arrows, these blessings that the Lord describes within Christian families, children are blessings that are meant to prolong the faith, the Christian faith in the land. And are they being sharpened by us, as it were, these arrows in the faith, trained in the faith? Or are they being sharpened by hostile actors, as it were, to be used against us? I fear the latter is true, isn't it, nowadays? Is there something, is there something more radical in history than turning your children over to complete strangers? You don't know anything about some of these teachers, anything at all about them. And is there something more radical than for the greater part on their upbringing, you're, you're completely turning them over to these people. As when you don't know anything about them, I'm sure many of them are very nice people, but you don't know what they get up to in their private time. And, and, and then have them work on your children's mind for the greater part of the day, and for 12 years or so. <laughs> There's nothing more radical than that, is there? You think about that. Uh, it's astonishing, really. And I'll tell you now, friends, our Christian forebears, you know, the, the Spurgeons, the Whitfields, the Edwards, those godly men of all, the Puritans and Reformers, they would be thundering. The same which our Reformed preachers say nowadays, and they look at they look at the, upon down upon people who have such convictions, and they, they speak about Spurgeon and this and that, but they would be the same people, I believe, nowadays. If they were here, they would be thundering down the pulpit to tell Christian parents, whatever it costs, take your children out because they're souls. They're your souls which God has given you to bring them up. I, I, I honestly believe if such men were about nowadays, they would be thundering, as it were. So much, so much is done now in the name of Christian liberty. So, so, much, so many evils are done in the name of Christian liberty. And we love our Christian liberty as Christians, don't we? We're no longer under the law anymore. We're under grace in Christ. But the Christian liberty has never, has never been given as, as an excuse for us not to practice gospel works and gospel responsibilities and duties. Surely, I believe the time really has come when pastors can no longer be neutral on a subject. I'm sorry. Pastors can no longer be neutral on the subject and elders. The time has come and things have got so bad in the, in, the, in the public school system. Ultimately, such will have to give an account before the Lord, really, of, of really their compromise in this respect. Things have got that bad. And so I, I urge really any pastors out there, any leaders, to take a stand for Christ, as it were. And it may cost them as it were, dealing. But I, I believe the time has come 
now to stay, take a stand. And I just, I just want to really conclude today's study really with, with a, a few things, just the parents now. I know there are many parents out there who love their children dearly and dearly want their children to be saved. I'm not, I'm not questioning parents' love for their children and their genuineness for their children. I'm really not. But perhaps they have anxieties in terms of teaching their children. That's, that's one thing that's come up. They have genuine anxieties. Am I able to do this? Am I able to teach my children at home? Well, let me just say, just to alleviate such fears to anyone who will be watching this today's study, that your worst effort as, 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 as a Christian in, in, in raising your children up and educating your children, and there are some great Christian read resources now that are very, very good. Your worst effort is better than the best public school teacher's effort. And the, re the reason why I say that is because a Christian parent is invested within a child's soul. That's the most important thing, isn't it? Is that, that they are absolutely invested in that soul, in that child's soul. And that cannot be said about a public school teacher. They're not invested in that child's soul. And so, friends, this is an exercise of faith, isn't it? It's a step of faith. God, if we take steps of faith in anything, whether it be in evangelism, whether in this responsibility, or any of our responsibilities, God promises, as it were, to give strength and to equip. Also, those who may be concerned of financial implications of homeschooling, which would no doubt mean the dependence upon one income. Let me just say this, that the Lord is no man's debtor as it were. He's no man's debtor. When again we take a step of faith, I believe the Lord always, always provides. And we may be proved of it. It may be difficult for a few years, financially. But I always believe that the Lord provides as it were. We take steps of faith. Finally, in the words of one commentator, he says, the vast majority of Christians send their children to public school but cannot point to book, chapter, nor verse to justify it. Do we want our children to grow up being taught and trained on beliefs which are antagonistic to our own? None of us do. No Christians do. Do they really? The, the full counsel and jury really is out. That state-funded curriculum and training has already been determined. It's, it's out there. You can read it. It's been determined already. And it is incredibly hostile to our children's faith. It is the Herod that seeks to kill the young seedlings of faith in Christ. That's what it is. And would we be complicit in that? And so again, I make no apology for this, and I understand the great decisions and things that face parents nowadays, but I am calling for Christian parents to, to take their children out of the public court school system and to homeschool them themselves, depending upon the Lord, depending upon one another. I believe that if, if there are enough of us doing this, we, we can, with God's help, help one another and support one another. If we truly believe in the Scriptures and that the Lord is a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. Let me just conclude with a text in Timothy, 2 Timothy 3.15. 
And this is the Apostle Paul, of course, speaking to the young evangelist. And that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith, which is in Christ. And that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures. We know, don't we, that Timothy, from a very early age, was brought up by his mother and his grandmother, Lois, diligently in the scriptures. I believe this is the best way. Parents. And I know, I know that we, I'm not trying to kid on myself and say, I know we live in a broken society. I, I know there are massive problems. And, and, and I think we need to be very, very understanding and very compassionate to those who are in difficult situations. Perhaps, you know, a single mother, perhaps, you know, there are many situations. But I do believe that if we, if we do our best to encourage this, I do believe that the Lord will open up such a blessing to us. Amen.